It's the Listen Up Milwaukee podcast. And welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Steve Italiano. I want to thank uh, anybody who's listened in the past for coming back. We had a short hiatus there as I looked for new employment and the holidays. But we're back and hopefully more on a more regular basis uh, doing the podcast uh, of Listen Up Milwaukee or Listen Up MKE. Um, housekeeping rules. If you are listening to us, you found us one of two ways, so spread it around. We are on iTunes. Um, so if you did find us there, please rate us. That always helps to get us toward the top of the list to be found easier. Um, give us the best rating you can. And that's at Listen Up MKE. You can search that in the iTunes. If uh, you're finding us through our podcast server, that website is listenupmke.podbean.com. That is our uh, host service right now. And uh, to contact us, you can email us at listenupmke at yahoo.com. So we do appreciate any mail you can send us. If you do have a topic you want to hear about or some people you want to try us try for us to get on the podcast, please give us a, a, drop us a message or a comment. And if you're lucky, we might even read it on the air. So thanks for coming back. Spread us around. Today we are talking about something that I think is very Milwaukee. I think it's near and dear to every Milwaukeean's heart, and uh, I think it's one of the things the city is synonymous with, but we're going to be talking beer today, and we're going to be specifically talking uh, craft brewing and microbrewing with uh, Dean Weiner and Justin Hannon from the Hannon Brewing Company. Oops. Jeremy. Jeremy. I did it again, <laughs> didn't I? Uh, and I even wrote it down. Sorry. Sorry, Jeremy. I, I'll be Justin today. It's fine. We had, that, we had that discussion before we started, didn't I? <laughs> Good Lord, I got Justin on the brain, but uh, it's the Bieber thing, huh? <laughs> that's that's it. fine. So, I look nothing like Justin Bieber for anybody that's out there. That's right, your pants are pulled up. Yeah, um, and, and I can grow facial hair. So. <laughs> <laughs> but can you drag race a Lamborghini? I cannot. <laughs> um, so beer, gentlemen. We are uh, in the city of Milwaukee, which is also known as Brew City, Brewtown, home of many famous breweries. Um, and I think beer, and, and just, again, I guess full disclosure, uh, Dean and I went to high school together, so I know Dean's fondness for beer for a very long history. Uh, <laughs> you make it sound so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. Um, it's something you have to accept about yourself and go on with the rest of your life. Fortunately for me, I did it at a very young age, the ripe old age of 21. So, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I think, uh, you know, you talk about beer in the city of Milwaukee and, uh, you know, the, the big names of the of the great beer eras, Paps, Schlitz, um, Miller, um and and that's you know I was weaned on that. Uh, I was weaned. I was a Pabst baby. So well, that's all you could get at the time. There wasn't anything better right. back then. So, uh, but yeah, we uh, you know beer. I'm just I just pulled some notes here off the internet. So whether or not they're accurate or not, I didn't go to Wikipedia. I got them from hopefully a reliable source. Um, um, but you know, beer I guess is dated back to 1800 BC. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sumerians who brought us Gilgamesh. And cuneiform and uh, beer. And, Hooray. Yeah. And then they turn into Saddam Hussein. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, 
but they did. Um, <laughs> that's where beer was born. So unfortunately, it wasn't born here in Milwaukee. But um, and pretty much all uh, beer was pretty much. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. If you know the history better than I can, but you know, beer was uh, a mainstay for a lot of people because of impurity of water, especially mm-hmm. in the colonies. Beer and whiskey um, were primary drinks because they were distilled and brewed and purified, um, and they were actually safer to drink than the water in a lot of cases. Um, and I think that's where America, I'd like to say, fell in love with beer. <laughs> well, and actually the oldest law on record, the Reinheitsgebot, is about beer and the purity of beer. So it says that you can only put four ingredients in your beer, water, barley, hops and yeast and that's it and it was so important to people back in you know the middle ages that it was actually punishable by fines and death if you brewed beer incorrectly so i mean that's that's how old it is and the first safety regulations yeah the fir- <laughs> our first you know consumer advocates basically <laughs> we're back in the middle ages for that and that's and i know there's some uh, i want to say is there still St. Pauli Girl, the only beer that still follows that? There are a lot of them that do okay. uh, still follow it, but typically in America, most breweries will tell you when they're breaking the Reinheitsgebot. So, for example, if it's a wheat beer, wheat's not one of the accepted ingredients in beer, so they'll tell you it's a wheat beer. We, we break it by doing that. Or if it's a cherry wise, they'll mm-hmm. put cherry in it. Or if it's, you know, um, great lakefront has one with monkeys in it apparently because it's the monkey you know <laughs> weed or whatever so uh so uh, monkey beer monkey beer monkey beer oh, big monkey on the bottle yep. <laughs> <laughs> um and i'm gonna jump here i know what a lot of people's experience and, and again uh, with beer has been at least in the united states i think is what is Typically, the prototypical beer is that clear golden pilsner mm-hmm. yeah. um, that we see that are the Buds, that are the Strohs, that are the Coors, that are the Millers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, uh, can I call that an American beer? Or that's what is adopted yeah. as a beer here Light in America? Light American lager, yeah. Light American lagers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what we drank a lot of in this country. And that's, a, you know, and, and that's my experience, early experience with beer. And... <clears throat> It has changed greatly since then. Um, some notes that I have, again, about brewing, because we're going to be talking about craft brewing, is it, it looks like every, mega brewers were big through the 30s, 40s, 50s. Mm-hmm. Post-prohibition. Post they the only ones that were left. Were, were the big guys. Yep. You know, it used to be every town had its own brewery, mm-hmm. and part of that was just to keep it fresh. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, before refrigeration, mm-hmm. um, beer was brewed locally, so every small town had one because you couldn't transport it far. Um, again, after Prohibition, a lot of those died off. Then you had the mega brewers, and we drank what they shoved down our throats, pretty much. And then, it looks like, based on most of my research, Hallmark year <laughs> for craft brewing, 1960, where's that note? 1969. All the pages I printed in 1969 fell off. <laughs> um, that's right. Huh, that's what you get for having a paper jam. But 1969 sounds like the seminal year for the start of the craft brewing industry, or brewing beer in small batches for selective tastes. 
And since then, at least the nearest record I can find, Craft Brewing, as of 2012, this is Craft Brewing and Microbreweries um, and Brew Pubs, if you will, um, is responsible for 6.5% by volume and 10.2% by dollars of all the beer brewed and consumed in the United States. That's a huge change from just a few years ago. Um, well, but just to put that in perspective, you see advertisements for places on like uh, Lining Kugels or mm-hmm. Sam Adams, you know, Boston Brewing Company, and all those. All of those combined still only share six percent of the entire beer market with Miller Coors and Anheuser Busch in the U.S. Room to grow. Yep. So ninety-four <laughs> percent of every beer drank is either a Miller product or an Anheuser product here in the U.S. And we'll call it a Miller product, but and again, you talk about those two. You talk mm-hmm. about Anheuser-Busch and you talk about um, Miller Brewing, but you're really talking InBev and SAB. Right, mm-hmm. which are South not American-owned companies what? anymore. Mm-hmm. Blows your mind, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about those things. but uh, So really, the consolidation on the beer market has happened we've we're coming down to just some again back to the mega breweries Mm -hmm. and and from what i can see happening out there uh, people aren't they have a choice now regional tastes uh personal tastes people are giving a choice and and trying different things it's just not uh, because they're available and it's pretty easy so Mm -hmm. um even small towns central wisconsin you can get almost anything anywhere it's an amazing change in just a few years' time. Oh, <laughs> pull it closer if you need to. Okay. Uh, not a big deal, but uh, um, so and that comes that brings us around to you guys. Uh, not necessarily following a trend, but um, hopefully starting one one of these days. Yes. <laughs> so um, you guys have started and trademarked the name. Yes, um, Hannon Brewing Company. This is part of a journey it's, you guys have been on for a while, and I know I don't Dean in particular. You've been making personal small batches of beer for 15? 15? Yeah, it's quite a while now. For fifteen years, something like that. Yeah, and uh, and Jeremy, you've been interested in the brewing for. Well, I've been brewing my own beer for about five years. Actually, um, it's kind of a funny. Uh, story how I'm even in Milwaukee in the first place. Uh, I'm originally from the St. Louis area. Uh, I got a degree in chemistry uh, from Southern Illinois University and uh, went on and got a degree in pharmacy and was looking for work after I graduated and looking at all these different cities. And uh, the idea of Milwaukee came up. So I came up and visited, and the very first place I ever visited in the city of Milwaukee was Lakefront Brewery. Went on a brewery tour. Uh, and somehow instantly fell in love with the city after that Uh, you know got to go all around and and i I love this city i love everything this city has to offer but one of the great things about it is an appreciation for craft beer and so when i bought my first house in the city of milwaukee i decided that i had to buy a uh, a brewing kit so that was one of my major purchases and i knew dean from um from work in the pharmacy and uh, we got to talking about brewery brewing and breweries and that sort of thing and the idea just kind of evolved from there um i've been doing 
almost too many batches per year for the past five years. Um, there is a legal <laughs> limit as to what how much you can brew in your home, and I've been just shy of that every year. Um, and I don't drink it all myself. I don't want people out there to think that, you know, Jeremy Hannon just goes out there, or Justin Hannon goes out there and drinks all the beer. You know, yeah, Justin's the one who drinks yeah, all Justin's the beer and breaks all the laws. He's yeah. the evil twin. Yes. Uh, but... Um, <laughs> We used to, I used to host tasting parties at my house, and so we'd get five, six, seven kegs together and invite people over, and they could taste it, and they got to really liking the beer, and uh, then I had Dean bring some of his beer over, and, you know, people really liked his beer, they liked my beer, so we started talking about this joint venture of, you know, looking into opening our own place, you know, if, if other people can do it with less education, less background, then why can't we do it? Um, and so we've been seriously pursuing for the past, I want to say past two years, the notion of opening up our own craft brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been accelerating lately. Yeah, it's been accelerating <laughs> leaps and bounds. Um, I even took it so far. I My background is in science. So I decided, and you know, I have two degrees already, so I, I figured why not go the extra mile and actually get a degree in brewing. So I enrolled in the American Brewer Skilled Program out in uh, Middlebury, Vermont, and I completed that this past December. Uh, so I actually have a degree in brewing um, on a large scale. So, um, you know, I take that bevy of knowledge with me, you know, to this venture of, you know, instead of just throwing a bunch of stuff together and calling it a brewery, we've actually done the research. We've actually looked into what we need to get done. And now it's just the point where we're looking at, okay, where do we go from here? So putting together a proper business plan, getting it, what do we have to have from the get go? What do we need for financing? And there's actually a lot involved with it. But. It's not just, you know, two guys who like to drink beer together. We got together in a basement and well, said, well, it started out let's that. invite yeah. the world in. This, yeah. this sounds like a great idea. Yeah. And it was. Two guys in a bathtub. And a, no, I'm just yes. <laughs> with a bucket full of dreams. That's right. That's right. So, Dean, let's uh, let's drift back. Let's go back 15 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your initial inspiration for attempting to brew? Actually, I just thought it sounded kind of cool and forgot about it, but my wife didn't forget it and got me a Christmas present of a basic brewing kit. And it was fun, and it turned out, let's just say it was drinkable. It, it, <laughs> it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't good, but it worked. It was really beer, and I drank it and checked the next batch. And that's the thing with the home brewing movement is there's so much stuff you can get so much equipment and you can take little baby steps if you want to and eventually you wind up doing what we're doing now at the far end of the spectrum where it has a lot of equipment i even think one store sells one gallon kits now they do which i mean that's 10 beers you can make at home yourself for you know one gallon of beer i'm Mm -hmm. not sure how much it costs to do it 10 bottles 10, yeah. 10 bottles, okay. 10, 10, yeah. Uh, 10 different flavors of <laughs> no, beer. No, no, no. Ten, <laughs> 10 bottles of the same beer you can make yourself at home at once, mm-hmm. which is. But it was fun. And of course, you know, you get good feedback from friends and relatives that, oh, this is good. And it's kind of fun to put together. And it's definitely a creative aspect to it, coming up with recipes and things. There's so many variables coming up with something good. And some that are not so good. <laughs> yeah, you learn. There's a few down the drain, is oh, what you're saying? Well, there was a couple, yeah, that yeah. just didn't work out at all. We just don't talk about those. <laughs> those were test batches. Test, that's it, test yeah. batches. So now you guys had mentioned, uh, so, so you did this for, uh, what would you say oh. your average brewing was a year? Just for as a the beginning 
probably two or three batches tops for a long, long time till I met this guy. Yeah. And I hadn't actually done one in probably a year or two at that point. And I think I brought the catalog into work from uh, actually there was a new homebrew store that just opened up here in Milwaukee. They were based out of Minneapolis, but they had their first branch here in Milwaukee. And so I brought in the catalog. Sorry. What what were they? Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer opened up a branch. Um, and we and where are they located? They're over on uh, Highway 100 in Greenfield in West Dallas. Oh, it's right across the street from my favorite restaurant, Sammy's. Nice. Taste of Chicago. That is actually a really good place right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to mention the Indian place. That's right I there, know, too. I don't eat Indian food. <laughs> oh, no. I love no, that place. No, no. Uh, uh, <laughs> unless it's called Maze. <laughs> but I had brought in the catalog to work mm-hmm. uh, at our former employer who shall remain nameless because they've got a lot of bad press these days. Yeah, um, we'll just leave it at that. But um, Let's just say there's a bullseye on them. Yeah. There is a bullseye. <laughs> there's yeah. a bullseye. They're, That's true. I think their mascot's <laughs> name is actually Bullseye. But, um, we'll leave that for the fans to yeah. deduce who that well, is. Well, I, I, don't, I don't claim to have the sharpest listeners, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's but, just say I don't know if I claim to have any listeners, but uh, just kidding. Well, I, uh, we were looking through the catalog one day and, and discussing, work, um, discussing prices, whether or not, you know, and I guess we should point out, you know, it – is economical to make your own beer at home eventually you know once you factor in the cost of the kettle and you know buying all the equipment and stuff like that your first batch is you know probably a hundred bucks to make that first batch of beer uh which is initial capital initial capital but after that the price goes down once the you know the equipment's all paid for itself and everything but Mm -hmm. um i was discussing with dean you know whether or not these prices were good at this place which they were amazing back then Mm -hmm. and they had a kit that was only like, I want to say sixteen bucks. You could make two cases of beer for sixteen bucks, and so I I made it, mm-hmm. and I think you made that same kit too. Um, I may have just that basic one, but it turned out horrible. I mean, for me, it turned out <laughs> just awful. Um, and what I didn't realize is there's like five different kinds of sanitizers out there. And I was using the wrong one. I thought I was using a no rinse, but it turned out to be one that you had to rinse and a lot of contact time. So I got an infection in my beer. Um, but I made the same batch again, and it turned out decent. And then I made the same batch again, and it turned out pretty good. And then I made it again, and it turned out actually the way it was supposed to turn out. And so that's how I figured that I had made it correctly. And mm-hmm. So there's a lot of nuances to the brewery. There is. There is. Surprising. The hardest thing about being a home brewer is consistency. You know, having I mean, they, they call them snowflake beers. Ones you you make once and you can never make it again. So I mean, you're so. talking temperature. Oh at, yeah, at ver- every, every stage of the process, at mm-hmm. time of year. Does that that could even it, affect well, it? Well, because if you're fermenting in the summer outside and it's 85 degrees, versus you're fermenting in the winter in your basement and it's 60 degrees, the yeast is going to behave differently and it can throw some off flavors into that beer. Mm-hmm. So it's very important, you know, especially on a small scale, where you put it in your house. You know, if you put it upstairs versus downstairs, that sort mm-hmm. of thing, it can make a big difference. So yeah, the yeast, especially my own basement. I don't. I just ferment. I have my carboy sitting just down in the basement on a specially built shelf. But the temperature in my basement this time of year is fifty-five degrees. In the summertime, it's more like sixty-five degrees. So mm-hmm. I can do the exact same batch, and it'll taste different. Yeah. It'll be similar, but it will not be the same. It's just. One of the many things that can go wrong, especially if you're trying to be consistent. Mm-hmm. So, what is your um, what advice would you have for people who are interested right now in home brewing, or people who are getting started? I mean, how do you? You're obviously talking about consistency. Yeah. 
Now, if you want to brew all year round, Just, unless you want to get a temperature controlled exactly. brew house in your basement or mm-hmm. kitchen, uh, which what, is is possible, but um, for for the fermentation temperatures and things like that, I I personally have a keyser at home. It's a, a converted chest freezer that remains at a constant temperature, and so I can ferment, the, especially like lagers and lower temperature beers. It's got a separate like external that. temperature control that you can put it at but whatever temperature you want. My like. advice for home brewers who want to just get started is just go out, buy the equipment, and get started. Just make your first batch. If it turns out great, great. If not, get some advice. Read some forums online. Mm-hmm. Um, just don't be afraid to, uh, to go out there. I always tell people, if you can boil water, you can make beer. I mean, it's as simple as that. If you can boil water and wait two weeks. <laughs> so this is not its not a hobby for the faint of heart. No. People who don't take rejection easily <laughs> or have a problem with failure. And uh, Well, the fact you got to wait a few weeks to find out even if you did it right. Yeah. You know, you don't know until it's ready and taste it. Oh. <laughs> and it's, it's just sitting there. Like like Dean said, with his first batch was, was drinkable. My first batch was not drinkable. You know, it... it tasted really sour it definitely had some lactobacillus in there a really nasty infection and i made the mistake of labeling all of my bottles so i stuck 49 labels on these 12 ounce beer bottles and then had to crack each one open individually and dump them down the drain which was and and yeah taste them as they're going down oh yeah this one's bad this one's bad this and all they were all bad so oh well that's how you start though yep um, so let's let's walk through the brewing process. Sure. Um, you start with water. You start with water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now it depends on which way we're start. What there's two different methods for the home brewer that they can make beer. Okay. Technically three, but but two main ones. There's the extract method and the all grain method. So when we're talking extract. We actually have um, somebody else took grain and took all the sugar out of it for you. And basically all you have to do is boil water, dump the extract in. It looks like syrup almost. Yeah, it's really thick. It's mm-hmm. it's delicious, but it, it looks <laughs> kind of like nasty stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, But when you say that's, Dean, when you say that that's about it for the extract method, I mean, you just dump. Dump it in, boil it, add the hops at the correct time, and mm-hmm. yeah, cool it off properly and throw in the yeast. So it can, it can of, be that simple. Yeah. So it can be that So I'm, it, I will liken it to... Making a soda. Yeah. Not a whole lot more. You've got the basic syrup. Right. The hops add some flavor. Mm -hmm. The yeast add uh, the conversion of sugar to alcohol and carbonation. Yep. Bingo. Yep. And the hops also help with uh, preservation and the... um, Well, the balance. uh, The bitterness comes from all the hops. So, you know, you've got the the sweetness from from the grain and the bitterness from the hops and the yeast also imparts some flavors in there too, oh, which yeah. are really important for the for the brew. But many many kinds of yeast. Mm-hmm. But really, m- almost every home brewer that I know starts off with the extract method. Mm-hmm. You know where they can you can actually take and steep some grain in there, kind of like making tea, mm-hmm. where you'll just impart some of the flavors, some of the colors from the grain, <clears throat> and then you'll throw your extract in once it's boiling, and then you've kind of added a little bit to it. But you're really limited because you're limited as to what kind of extracts out there, what what's available to you. Um, that's pretty much all you can do with yeah, it, though. you're working with what other people made for you. Right. Okay, so would you get a more, as far as the initial brewer for the person starting out, does that help create a consistency? Oh, oh yeah. absolutely. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. So you're walking into the store and you're buying a syrup or you want mm-hmm. this type of, you, you want a, 
uh, you want a golden, you gold. buy the golden syrup. You want the the light, you buy the light syrup. You want okay. the mm-hmm. or you can. Uh, we, I said syrup, but you can actually uh-huh. get powders too that are like okay. the compressed powders. So, and so a lot of the I'll call it a lot of the basically you're just cooking at that point. Correct. Yeah. Boy, a yeah. lot of the chemistry and true air quotes brewing aspects are taken care of for you. Yes. Right. The fermentation is still entirely up to you with yeast selection, with the fermentation temperature, whether you make an ale or a lager, you know, that sort of thing. But as far as the ingredient selection, you're really limited as to what you can get. Uh, Then you turn to the all-grain method where you basically take a base malt, which I, I always liken it to flour. So it's like if you're making bread... Your That's base malt is like yeah. your your white flour that is pretty much 80 to 90% of all of your ingredients in there. And then you can add whatever else you want. You know, you can add a little bit of some specialty malt, some darker malt, some, some rye if you want. Yeah. Oatmeal. oatmeal. Actual oatmeal. Um, <laughs> wheat. You know, High fiber do that. Yeah. yeah. A Quaker brand, man. <laughs> Works good. Absolutely. It, it works it good. Does. <laughs> but then you actually um, put that grain into a... We always call it a temperature controlled, but it's basically an insulated <laughs> cooler or an insulated vessel. Mm-hmm. And you put uh, water in it that's about anywhere from 140 to 165 degrees. You leave it there for a while. I'm not going to give away all the magic, you know, how long <laughs> you leave it there for. But uh, you leave it there to actually make the conversion, uh, the enzymatic conversion of starch into sugar mm-hmm. occur. So everything's already in that barley kernel that needs to grow. And you're actually using those enzymes to make the sugar to make beer. You leave it there for a while. You pull all that out, and then you boil that. And so instead of having extract, you're actually making your own extract at home. That point. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But it's, mean, it's infinitely variable based on your own recipe. You can make anything you want. Yep. So if you have one that's just a bit too dark, you can just put on a, a little bit less roasted barley, and it becomes a lighter beer. Mm-hmm. And then you have 100% control over what you can do with it. So. A lot more chances for mistakes. Yeah, but. absolutely. Well, the more variables you <laughs> add to it, I would mm-hmm. imagine, like any any cooking mm-hmm. um, yeah. or baking, the more variables you have, the more chance you have for error. Right. Mm-hmm. So you need to. Cons- it sounds like you need to create a consistent process. Right. Or or good note keeping is yeah. very important when brewing. Temperature control at every stage. Mm-hmm. And I guess. We've made it seem a little bit more complicated than what it is, and, and you know, uh, basically, when I'm doing this at home, I have a um, turkey deep fryer out in my garage that I heat water on, and then I pour that water into a cooler that I've converted with a little uh, valve on the front of it, and I hold it at the temperature in that cooler. So it's stuff that you can act. You don't have to go to a homebrew store and buy these hundred and fifty dollar, two hundred dollar piece of equipment. It's a lot of stuff you can make your yourself at home. Um, and then, you know, I, I dump that into another pot and boil it in that pot. And then we put it in what looks like Culligan water bottles, the, uh, the five-gallon water bottles. Yeah. We use those as uh, primary and secondary fermenters with the yeast. Um, so a lot of times people want to know how long it takes to make a batch of beer. Uh, typically. Quite variable. <laughs> yeah. If you're talking about a standard American ale or any kind of ale, really, I, I would say it takes anywhere from two to three weeks uh, from start to finish. If you're talking about a lager, you're talking two to three months instead because the yeast just works a lot slower and it's a lot lower temperature. Mm-hmm. The, I, I guess one thing that I 
that I keep hearing, and I think this is, I think, the big fact. For, it could be a big factor for a lot of people, mm-hmm. whether you're home brewing, whether they're micro brews. Um, it's pretty much an all natural process. You're using mm-hmm. all natural ingredients. Mm-hmm. You have true. no preservatives, no chemicals. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a big movement these days. Oh, absolutely. Getting away from processed things. And, and a lot of your popular beers, the shortened brewing times, mm-hmm. you know, are artificially carbonated. Yeah. Well, yeah. most of ours are forced carbonated as well in the kegs. Um, when you talk about natural carbonation versus forced carbonation, um, it's a longer... Less consistent process. Yeah, because you're actually adding sugar back into the keg and then, you know, introducing another source of contamination and then mm-hmm. kind of going from there. Look, the look. real cast-conditioned ales that you that are so delicious that you get out of England, those are done in that method. Um, a lot of times, a lot of brewers in the U.S. will, like the, the big um, macro breweries, will cut corners on their ingredients. Uh, so instead of being 100% barley, they'll use corn and rice instead, which are a lot cheaper. And that'll mm-hmm. make the beer a lot lighter in, in color, lighter in flavor, mm-hmm. and in my opinion, not as tasty. Yeah, well, you lose body, and it produces the same high alcohol content because mm-hmm. you have the same sugar point at the beginning, but mm-hmm. it's it's just not the same. Well, and then you have to add preservatives to ship it from Milwaukee to Colorado or, you know, throughout the rest or of the U.S. Or just pasteurization. Yeah, just, and that Becomes destroys a, a lot of the flavors yeah. of the beer, too. And right. so, you I know, think that's personally one of the reasons homebrews often taste so much better is because, simply because they're not pasteurized. Mm-hmm. They don't burn off the flavor, <laughs> if <Right>. you will. <laughs> I mean, is that pretty much pasteurization? I mean, you're heating it up. Well, you're killing yeah. the yeast that's in it. You're killing the yeast in it. It's heated up to a certain point, holding it there, the yeast all dies. And it ster- semi-sterilizes. Anything that, that could live in there dies. But the yeast is part of the flavor, so you lose some of it. And also with pasteurization, uh, temperature is a huge function when you talk about uh, beer going stale. Mm-hmm. So if I put a beer on your table here versus in the fridge, it's, the one on the table is going to go stale a lot faster than the one in the fridge. And it really doesn't matter if I heat it up and then cool it back down or heat it up and cool it back down. It still started to stale faster. So not heating it up in the first place whenever you bottle or keg your beer is going to make that flavor more pure last longer than Mm -hmm. if you heat it up initially and then chill it back down. That's one of the advantages the local uh, brew pubs have. They're making it on the spot. There's absolutely no reason to pasteurize it. They're Mm -hmm. making it and selling it before I would ever have any spoilage problems anyway, and they wind up simply being better just because of that alone. It's a fresher brew. Yeah. Right. And I would, again, that's one of the reasons for smaller batches also. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, what, what would you say, and then on these micro brews or home brews, what's your, what's your lifespan? Now, I know storage is going <laughs> to... Well, well, I've never yeah. had one go bad on me, but I've drank them all before they've had a chance to. So. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, I mean, they don't, turn to poison or anything they but right. that flavor starts to go off and eventually the they're just not, very, they're just not very good anymore we we should point out that they're you know going the entire brew process from beginning to end you're talking about brew day then you're talking about fermentation which normally with, with all my beer i do primary and secondary fermentation okay. um yeast as it sits there can die and throw a lot of off flavors into beer so once the majority of fermentation is done you actually 
move the beer from one vessel into another and get it off of the dead yeast. Yeah, it's leaving a thick layer of yeast on the bottom, an inch or more sometimes thick. Just you leave it behind in the old one, move to then, the new one. And then that allows the beer to clarify yeah, okay. and actually age a little bit and develop some flavor. You have two choices, mainly two choices, after you're done with your secondary fermentation on what to do with your beer. You can bottle it or you can keg it as a home brewer. Um, I choose to keg all my beer because I'm lazy when it comes yeah. to it, down to it. Um, <laughs> well, the effort to clean one keg is the same as to clean one bottle, right. except that you have to do 48 bottles or one keg. Right. So. And so I, I keg my beer. And also, whenever you bottle your beer, you bottle condition it. So when you're talking about naturally carbonating versus forced carbonating, you actually add a little bit of extra sugar into it and then cap it, and then the yeast that's left in solution will produce carbonation, and that's what carbonates your beer. Versus force carbonating it, I hook a CO2 tank up to onto it, pressurize it. I can drink my beer. If I keg it, I can drink it that day. If I bottle it, i got to wait two weeks for it to bottle condition and to fully carbonate. Yeah. The other thing that happens with beer that's uh, carbonated in bottles that I kind of don't like, and I'm in no words saying that bottle-conditioned beers are bad, but... Personal preference? I like to take my beer with me other places, and whenever you bottle-condition your beer, you end up with a yeast layer on the bottom of it, and if you shake it up, you'll get yeast back in your beer. It's cloudy temporarily. Yeah, and you're drinking yeast, and that can have a laxative effect, and I'm not a big fan of that <laughs> no. effect. So, so if you see Jeremy driving down the street, there's a good chance there's a fast. keg in your car Pretty somewhere? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so... You can pull um, him over and ask him for a beer. Right. It's just so much easier. Yeah. So so I keg my beer, and that's, I guess, one of the other reasons why it, it lasts a little bit longer, because it's never exposed to air. It also depends on, with bottles, which kind of caps you buy, whether they're oxygen-absorbing or not. Right. Because um, oxygen can get back up in and stale the beer. Well, so. you've got less chance of a breakage of seal, I would imagine. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, with one keg you know, versus a bottles. 48 bottles. Right. Uh, Dean, you bottle primarily. Uh, not that? anymore. Oh, no. Okay. No, I not stopped. Not Oh, yeah, he uh, talked Saw the light. It. Saw the well, light. It's, it's the same thing when you're starting out. You don't want to spend all the money on this. And the kegging equipment costs some money. Oh, it does. But if you're doing it enough, it's worth it. It's just worth it. And I've been homebrewing for a short time compared to a lot of guys out there who've been doing it. I used to be able to buy kegs for 20 bucks used. You know, they're, they're the old Pepsi kegs, the soda ones. Oh, okay. We, yeah. we clean those, and they're stainless steel, so you just clean the Stainless steel tanks. They work great. Exactly. It's two cases of beer. They work beautifully. So um, I used to be able to buy those Not for the traditional bucks. wood keg? No. Pop the cork. and oh I don't God. have my degree as a cooper yet. So. <laughs> That's next. Yeah. That's done. But um, now I think they cost about $65 each to buy. It's just people are buying them for up, the and they're not out there keg. anymore. And it's, it is the same keg. It's that much older. Right. And now it's tripled in price. Because you can't get, they're becoming hard to get. And you can buy oh. brand new manufactured kegs for 115 or used ones for 65. So, I mean, the price difference, it used to be 20 versus 115. Now it's 65 versus 115. So, I do have one new one, and I think I have 12 used ones. I've got five used ones. So, I wish I had more, but. We're getting, yeah. We'll get more eventually. I would imagine the only disadvantage to kegging it is once you crack the keg, you're pretty much committed to drinking it till it's gone. No. Oh, no. It'll, oh, it'll no. stay. Yeah. It'll, it'll hold up in the keg. Because you've got a constant um, pressure, on it. pressure yeah. of CO2 on there, so you're never introducing more oxygen to okay. it unless you have mm -hmm. a catastrophic failure, which would be very, very bad <laughs> for your basement and for you and for everybody else. So, Beer spray. Yeah. Now, um, yeah. well, let's uh, let's... 
let's talk about what your current venture is. Sure. Okay. Um, now, you said you and Dean both. Now, I know, Dean, you're still a pharmacy technician. Yep. Um, working for a major. Pick and, pick gr- and save. Well, gr- gr- well, that's fine. I don't okay. care. They're not paying me anything. And if they want to sue me, fine. I'll beat it <laughs> out. You know, what are they going to get? Yeah. Some blood from a turnip. Yes, I mean, let's just call it a major chain. That's A yeah. major food store major chain. Major food yes. store chain. So, um, Whose chairman had, name has three letters in it. <laughs> kind of grandiose. Put your, put your face and your name on every... Anyway. Yeah. Um, Whatever. Yeah. But uh, so you have... Your background, I know, it varied. Yeah. You've had a couple of different careers. Yep. Um which is wonderful, you know, I mean, and, and you've got, you know, I think you and I have similar, I haven't had a lot of varied careers, but a lot of varied interests. And mm-hmm. this all, I want to say it's all come down to this. I mean, you've, you've done mm-hmm. some HVAC stuff and refrigeration mm-hmm. stuff, which is important, I guess, yeah, you're absolutely. getting into this and, yeah. and you've been brewing for 15 years. And, and you said you and Jeremy met when you both worked in the same pharmacy. Right. Yes. And you said background in chemistry and pharmacy? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a pharmacist now for the largest supplier of healthcare for Southeast Wisconsin. <laughs> and uh... and I'm a float, so I, I'm not really tied to any one specific location. Okay. I, I work at, last week I worked at seven different pharmacies. Okay. So it's, the plan is, honestly, neither one of us are going to quit our day job initially. Um, we need to find a location. That's the biggest mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But once we find a location and we, we get to uh, to brewing, um, we've already got about 10 to 15 bars lined up that want our product uh, that we know. We, we need we more, but yeah. it's, a, it's but a good start it's a good considering. Start. Uh, sure. So we've got you know 15 locations, let's say, give or take, that uh, definitely want our product on tap at their at their venue. So the plan is for me to drop down a few days a, you know, to like three days a week instead of five days a week at work and work three days and brew two days and have fun a couple of days and go from there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. obviously, like you said, we're talking when you're home brewing, you're, again, air quotes, limited to a quantity that you can brew for personal use without right. being yes. taxed. Mm-hmm. How does one, obviously you guys have made, you're, you're committed at yes. this mm-hmm. point. Absolutely. Um, you're, you're committed to doing this. So how do you make that, next jump and aside from obviously the basics of a location equipment mm-hmm. recipes um Actually, how do you go from brewing I mean, what's the next step business wise for you guys um as far as regulation what what regulations do you need to meet is there is there a different standard obviously the home brewer mm-hmm. is in home it's personal yes. use. right then there's is there a next like micro brew the next or well, <laughs> macro you're, brew you're either licensed <laughs> in the state of wisconsin as a brewery or a brew pub so okay. those are the only two distinctions yeah, really there's a not separate, a micro a different macro license. nano anything like that okay a brew pub and I may have my numbers wrong on this, but I believe you can produce up to 30,000 barrels per year. Mm-hmm. That's a lot uh, of beer. It is. Uh, and for the listeners, one barrel is two kegs. Well, your standard yeah. keg is a half barrel, so one barrel is two kegs. A barrel of beer is 31 gallons. Uh, so when you're talking you know, that quantity, it's, it's huge. Um, when you are a brewery, you can produce limitless yeah, supplies. Any number. Here. Um, but you are limited for distribution um, by several factors. You cannot s- distribute your own product yourself. You have to use a third party or a, a middleman if you produce more than 
It, it, I think it's 100,000. 100,000 barrels per year. So 200,000 kegs per year. If you make more than that, then you have to use a middleman to distribute your beer. Below that, you can self-distribute, mm-hmm. which is, of course, how we're going to be starting out. So we can sell the corner bar. We can anywhere. sell We can sell anywhere but on our own premises. Yeah, we, for, for consumption. You, you can't, can't consume come in and buy a beer from me legally in the state of Wisconsin. Um, I have to sell the beer to a bar, and you have to buy it from there. Or I have to sell it to a middleman and then buy it back from the middleman and then sell it to you in order for that to work and that's the brew pub licensing no that's or? the brewery license brewery that's license. the brewery license okay. brewery. Brew, pub? brew pub i can hand you a beer but i also have to have food and so i have to it's get into all of those different restaurant licenses and hire 10 or 15 other people to help me run the business but you can distribute yourself uh, you can to, distribute to one location yeah there's lim- you can but it's limited under ten thousand barrels per year yeah you can, or no, sorry, 1,000. I thought it was 1,000. 1,000. Yeah. So, so who's going to be the brewer and who's going to be the distributor? That's, <laughs> um, is that pretty much how you, you set up two separate companies and sell to yourself, basically? Or? Kind of, but we actually have to go through a licensed distributor in the state of Wisconsin. Okay. So, we'd actually have to sell to somebody who sold Miller Coors and Anheuser and you know all these mm-hmm. other okay. places. Any of the then, distributors in town. And when, then, when we get bigger. When, when we're we smaller, get, we well, can, if we wanted to like even sell you a beer at our own place, we'd have to sell a keg to somebody else and then buy it back from them. But okay. it's but yeah. legally we can give away free samples. So just how when you come tours in, work. Yes. <laughs> so when you come down, you know you can always get a free sample from us, but we can't sell you a beer to drink there. Interesting. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I love the. You can't actually be a bar in any way, shape, or form. Right. But you could. Get a beer permit for a public park and have a free beer tasting. I believe you could. We can. Yes. Mm-hmm. And distribute it in, a, in that sense where mm-hmm. yeah. it's, again, air quotes, samples. Or we can yeah. actually be a bar in the sense that we could buy our competitor's beer and sell it in our brewery. But we can't well, sell our own that we brew in the back and we make in the front. Unless you we serve sell in the front. Uh, right. unless, unless you're a service. Okay. Yeah. And that's where, in, like in Milwaukee, um, which we've yeah, seen like, a rise of, you know, uh, Water Street Brewery, mm-hmm. Lakefront Brewery, yeah. where they brew their own the prim- right mm-hmm. in the premises, sir. So, and there's the impetus for the, uh, the, I don't know, I, I've never been a big fan of some of those places' food, and I won't mention any places <laughs> that brew beer well, on Water Street. But uh, <laughs> actually, um, the way the law is written, we can sell beer in sealed containers for off-site consumption. Yeah. But we can sell no beer for on-site consumption. So if we had, which initially we'll be kegging all of our beer and selling it just in kegs to At different first. places. Yeah. So the bottling line is something like $250,000 to buy. But if if we had a bottling line, you could come in and buy a six-pack from us directly and then take it home and drink it. That's fine. But the minute you crack it there in, in the brewery, it's illegal. Yeah. Like I said, it can't be considered as a bar at all. Okay. Yeah. Unless we get a bar permit and we sell other people's beer that we buy from a distributor. Well, fun, fun, fun. Yes. Yeah. I've poured over this many times. It, it, and I'm trying to figure out a way around it, but it's not going to happen. So. so at what stage now, Jeremy, you have what, – what's the brewing degree called again? Uh, it's the I, B, S, C, and E, the Intensive Brewers Science and Engineering degree from the American Brewers Guild in – Middlebury, Vermont. <laughs> Haven't gone through the classes yet? Do you? No, actually, I'm hoping to though. Eventually, okay. Um, you definitely picked up a lot of stuff I don't know. That's for sure. 
Okay. <laughs> so they're they're pretty intense up there. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. It, it was a a six month uh, course of just you know we had quizzes and exams every other week it seemed like, uh, but then we actually did a hands on practical uh, where I got to meet twenty three amazing guys and uh, we all and. And Liz, who was the only girl in our class, but um, hang out with them in Middlebury for a week and, you know, actually get a lot of hands-on experience and uh, brewed a batch of beer. And we actually increased his brew house efficiency by about 5% that day. So I was pretty excited about that. So Actually, at the beginning, what I'm probably going to end up doing, he'll be doing as a head brewer, de facto head brewer. Mm-hmm. I'll be an assistant for that part of the business. But what I'm going to be doing is taking another class this fall to learn how to do sanitary welding. So I can, I've taken welding classes before I can weld sanitary welding so that we don't have to pay someone to come in to do stainless steel welding, of which is going to be a lot over time. Mm-hmm. Right now on our business cards, it reads that I'm the head brewer and co-founder and that Dean is the business manager and co-founder. Um, Dean's had experience in the past managing businesses and uh, his father worked in the bar business for a number of years and mm-hmm. has experience dealing with people and things like that whereas you know i just get yelled at at work all day long and <laughs> that's about it so you know that's initially that's what our roles uh, what we foresee our roles being is mm-hmm. dean is going to take care of the business side i'll take care of the brewing side not exclusively we're both going to help each other out a lot sure. but on yeah. paper that's going to be our right. our roles we'll and both then, have to wear a lot of hats especially at first well, yeah. any any small business starting out right. you're Chief cook and bottle washer and absolutely turn the lights on and take the garbage out. So. Right. And write the checks. <laughs> but right now we're at the point where uh, – yeah, I was going to ask you, where, where, so aside, you, we've established you both have a love of beer. Right. Mm-hmm. And an interest in, in brewing. So um, where are we at in our process right now? So we're scouting locations is the biggest thing yeah. uh, because we legally can't file with the federal government, the TTB, the Bureau of Alcohol, Firearms, Tobacco, mm-hmm. Tax Regulation, mm-hmm. until we actually have the location picked out. Yeah, one of the first and, lines and on the equipment. form is location. Yeah. So. <laughs> and so we actually have to have that location picked out, and we're um, we're scouting out several different areas of Milwaukee. Uh, we'd love to be in Milwaukee proper. We're definitely going to be in Milwaukee County regardless. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we've looked at some of the, the southern suburbs, some of the western suburbs, um, we both live in Bayview right now, so we're really hoping Bayview would, would come through for us with the location. So if anybody knows it, please drop an email to the podcast. But um, <laughs> our, our step that we're at right now that we can do that doesn't require a huge capital uh, expense is we're going to start doing tastings. Um, that's For us, it's recipe development and a way to get our brand out there. Uh, so um, I'm good friends with the owner of Oscar's Bar and Grill down on 17th and Pierce. Um, not the Oscar's Custard Chain, which I'm sure is delicious, but the um, Bar and Grill just south of Potawatomi Casino uh, has given us some space where we can do some free tastings where people can come in and try four of our samples uh, for free and let us know what they think of them. So kind of a test market, if you will, or Absolutely. test market and sampling. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're talking location, mm-hmm. you would be setting up house strictly as a brewery, a closed yeah. doors, if you will, manufacturing facility. So actually, yeah. I mean, for no, lack that, of a better description, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Well, 
Because you can't sell off premise, you can't sell on premises, right? But we still want the public to know that we're there, and we want to be a, a member of the community of Milwaukee. Right. So we would love to have people come by and do tours mm-hmm. and do samplings and that sort of thing. Okay. But we're not going to be a grocery store. We're not going to be a location where you can come in and purchase beer for consumption on site. We're not going right. to be your your neighborhood bar, right? So okay. So you guys are looking at primarily, I mean, warehouse type stuff, stuff that storefronts. What what is your initial I guess, how much space do you need to brew? Surprisingly little. Although I'm hoping the place that we get will at least have room for expansion down the road. That's the main thing. Um, Ideally, we just need the space for one brew kettle, grain storage, two or three fermenters, Mm -hmm. and a bright tank. That equipment would actually fit in a two-car garage. But that's just the beginning. The, big, the more we right. do, the more space we need for more storage. Right. So we're not talking you don't need a 10,000-square-foot facility no. or anything no. like and that? No, and I guess no. the one thing that we forgot to say is it's a two-car garage, but we also have to have a basement to store all of our finished product, too. So we have to have you know somewhere to, to store all the kegs, a, a cold room, if you will. Um, so you know we need at least, I would say, 1,000 square feet? For minimum. Okay. minimum. I'm hoping that'll wind up being something closer to five that we actually find, but yeah. we'll no. see. Um, as far as uh, you guys looking to purchase facility um, initially or? Not necessarily. We might be leasing Either it way. first. Okay. So yeah, it depends if what the best deal is. buy us a building and, and we'd be great tenants, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, um, starting a business requires dedication, mm-hmm. a business plan, but above all, capital. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, are you guys looking at this point for investors? Absolutely. Yes. Um, and I guess what what are you guys? Where are you at in your startup? I mean, is, you're looking for a building. Mm-hmm. Um, where are you in your your? It's basically your capital. Where are you, where are you at with your working capital right now? Are you guys? I mean, are you prepared to go and make a real estate investment if it's the right? If it's the right investment, absolutely. Yeah, but. You know, it has to be the right investment, and I mean, we're not no, pressed for time. So we, we're, right. we're not going to buy something that's not right. Ex- right. Absolutely, we're not going to buy something that's not a good fit for us. Um, and you know, the nice thing with a lease is if we could get a, a nice three to six month build out, you know, where we don't have to pay on and that sort of thing, and mm-hmm. actually get up and running. You know, that that would go a long way for us. Um, it frequently takes three to six months for the TTB license to come through. Yeah. So before you guys could actually start operation. Correct. So, and you need a low, so you've, you've got six months of mortgage or lease payments Correct. before you can even think of right. brewing. And Correct. then you've got <laughs> minimum two, three, four months before you have a product you can put out. Well, probably more like a month before we have a product we yeah. can put out. We can set things up. We just can't actually make any beer. And, you know. We can get it ready to make beer. Yeah. Just can't actually run can't them. flip the switch. Exactly. <laughs> we, can't, we can't go into production until we get the, the federal licensure. And, and also the state. The state, too. But the federal one takes longer. So, right now it's a matter of, you know, if we were to buy anything, then we're still waiting six sure. months paying, you know, and me going to work full-time and Dean going to work full-time and then mm-hmm. what time do you have for the build-out and for actually, mm-hmm. you know, constructing this place. So, you know, that's why I kind of, we're thinking about leasing our first spot and then looking to buy down the road. Um, Possibly a lease with an option to buy. That would be great. 
So you're looking to be part of the neighborhood, part of the community. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It's staying in Milwaukee with, mm-hmm. the, uh, with that theme. So, um, What's your timetable? I mean, you say... Depends on which one of us you ask. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to be off the ground a lot faster right. than what no, Dean I, does. I, I, know, I, know, I know Dean's wife personally. Yes. I, don't, I, <laughs> I know Laura quite well. And, uh, and I'm not sure if Jeremy is... Uh, are you married, Jeremy? Or? Uh, I was. Okay. <laughs> so I would say that the, uh, the timetable could be... Uh, there's not the silent partner at home. Right, right, <laughs> definitely not. Well, she's supportive of it and everything, yeah. which she would have to Laura, be, Laura was, yeah. is our biggest fan and biggest supporter right mm-hmm. now. Anytime we have any um, ideas, I always make sure to bounce them off of Laura first because she'll shoot me down faster than anybody else. <laughs> and I've only known Laura for about five years. so Like I said, we have a little difference in opinion how fast we can do things. What I'm thinking is we'll probably be looking for incorporate fully and start looking for properties at the very beginning of 2015, with luck, get something relatively quickly and be open by the following summer selling beer. So uh, this is a business plan that's a couple years down the road. Uh, is, now, is that strictly based on working capital? No. no or is that no. based on... It's based on finding the right location and also... Getting all the details together ahead of yeah, time. Definitely, we theoretically being, being ready to move we could go tomorrow we and we could we could find a location in whatever neighborhood we wanted, you know, and throw a bunch of money into it, and then fail within a year. We could have done this two years ago, but the fact that we've put a lot of time and effort into first off getting the the brewing know-how and actually, you know, me going out to Vermont and learning how to do this um, on an industrial scale versus just saying, hey, I like homebrew and then, you know, throwing it into a business. Making a giant, yeah. Yeah. Um, We want to make sure it's a good move for both of us. You know, neither one of us are millionaires. Neither one of us just have this kind of cash to throw at anything. And when we're talking brewing equipment, you know, Mm -hmm. you're talking about one brew kettle being $18,000. You know, we Mm -hmm. don't want to make the wrong decision with that. We don't want to be overly cautious where we don't end up doing it, mm-hmm. uh, but we want to be at the point where it's the right fit for us. It's the right fit for Milwaukee, mm-hmm. too, because mm-hmm. um, we had this saying when I was in, in brewing school. It was, don't screw it up. You know, Don't be one of these people who goes out there, and we don't want to be the person who's, well, who's catering to the person who's never tried craft beer before, and they go into a bar, and they try our product and they say, we don't like this. You know, we want to put a good name for not only ourselves, but the craft brew industry. And so we want to make sure that we're doing the, the right thing for us and the right thing for Milwaukee and the right thing for craft beer because mm-hmm. it deserves justice. Right. Well, you know, one thing I think with the craft brewing industry is it's a very positive attitude. Mm-hmm. It, it is a, uh, I'll call it a brotherhood. Absolutely. That for what we see on... Uh, the cutthroatness we see of the major brands, you know, okay. national brands, world brands, mm-hmm. for as cutthroat as that business wants to be and needs to be, um, the craft brewing industry is, is kind of a nice place to be. It seems like everybody understands there's enough room mm-hmm. for everybody, mm-hmm. and you may do one thing well, and this guy may do that well, and but there's room for y'all. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Y'all. Y'all, all of you. <laughs> Sorry. Ewans. The, Ewans the, yes, the correct terminology. Don't serve it to the Utes. And, uh, um, and I guess that's what's interesting. Now, 
you guys obviously have a, a good plan. You're not looking to expand too fast. No, right. You, you're it's being, actually a very cautious plan. Very, very cautious. Yeah. yeah. Um, so even if tomorrow somebody dropped a bag of cash in you guys, you're still... We're still going to take it easy. We're still going to take it easy yeah, and, and work we, it. And we work. do have a couple people who actually have offered us you know, substantial amounts of money. Bags mm-hmm. of cash. Bags of cash in upwards of you know $50,000. And we've kind of mm-hmm. looked at it like, well, this is great, but what do you want for this too? Because this is my baby. You know, This mm-hmm. is what I want to do. I really, you know, I'm looking for investors. I'm looking for people who want to support me and want to support us and what we want to do. But I'm also, it's mine, you know. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I want to be my own boss. I don't want somebody else standing over me telling me what to do. Right. And that, you know, and that's, I think, like I said, that's the nice thing I think about the craft brewery industries and what I've seen. I watched a few documentaries, seen some specials on things like that. You need a refill? No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> it's still, still about uh, oh, okay, it's still, still there. Mm-hmm. Um, is, um, it is for people who, you know, they don't want to get rich. It's not what I'll call like the software industry mm-hmm. or the dot-com industry. It's no. like, let's right. think of an idea somebody hasn't thought of and let's get bought out for a billion dollars. Right. And then go sit on a beach. These are people who want to work it. It's mm-hmm. part of them. Yep. It's, it's, it's almost, I want to say it's in their blood. But it's it's of who they are. A lot of blood, mm-hmm. sweat, and tears goes into that. Yeah. Um, not literally, people. We're not putting our blood, sweat, or tears in your finished product. But so, yes. so yeah, Jeremy's blood ale is not <laughs> really Jeremy's blood. It's actually blood orange, so it's just fine. Um, and, and that's and it's a nice. Thing. I said I, they said I think it's a it's a nice industry. I think it's a it's an open industry, and mm-hmm. they said there, there's room for everybody, and it's kind of mm-hmm. kind of a throwback. I think. To the pre-prohibition days, right, where everybody kind of had their own brewery and were proud of their own brewery. Yep, you know, yeah. and, you know. And I guess the other nice thing about this come is full that circle. I've actually mm-hmm. talked with um, two of the owners of some of the major microbreweries here in Milwaukee, and I said, you know, do you think there's room for me? And and one of them said, I just want more good beer in this city. You know, I don't care who's producing it, but yes, absolutely, go ahead, make your brewer, brewery. Bring it to Milwaukee. We want we want you here, right? And again, to stay as a microbrewery, mm-hmm. number one. I mean, you don't have seven or eight. I would imagine you wouldn't have ten to fifteen brew kettles, each brewing a different no. batch no. or flavor of beer, anyway. Right. Um, so you kind of I want to say you specialize, but you find that one that works. That's maybe your signature beer, Our flagship, mm-hmm. your flagship beer, mm-hmm. and then you you have a couple others. You know, and again, there's there's seasonal beers. Yes. There's the box, there's the Oktoberfests, mm-hmm. um, there's the, you know, the summer ales, the lighter stuff for the different seasons, and yep. you can change your brewing that way. Um, but it's, um, and I just lost my train of thought. God, you got me thinking of beer. <laughs> it's all delicious. Uh, uh, that's but all it's, that you know, it's all, it's, yeah, I'm just, I'm looking at the frothy, foamy goodness, <laughs> and I just lose my head. Um, but it's, um, it, it seems like it's a, it's a good fit mm-hmm. for, for, you know, and, and again, the, the brewing industry coming full circle and, and taking pride in your beers. And, and, and you know, you, you figure there's people who come to Milwaukee, and, and I try to talk to people from different parts of the country. Um, you know, Milwaukee still is known as Brew City, even mm-hmm. though we don't brew anywhere near what we used to brew. Mm-hmm. No, um, but you talk to people from out of state, um, and there seems to be pockets of it. I know Portland is a big, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, big Portland. Minneapolis, St. Paul, too. Yeah. Um, 
is is a big you know brewery uh, microbrewery like you said, and you know down south I I don't know of too many down south. It there's, seems like it's really not taken off that well down yeah. there. But um, so it is. It, it seems like there's pockets like I said, and um, and I would think it, it breeds people if they come to town. I mean, you've got. 15, 20 different microbreweries. You can try different types of beer, and this one's different from that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just not going from bar to bar. You know, okay, give me a bud here, give me a yeah. light there, give me, right. you know. So it, it can help, like I said, promote the city and bring back mm-hmm. that kind of brew, brew city again, if you will. So, brew so city 2.0. <laughs> that's right, the reboot. Yes, return of the Munchkins. Return of the. Um, Alright. Um, who 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 brews the best tasting beer? All right. Showdown. Here we are. Let's right, get yeah. let's have our first partnership battle here. I do. <laughs> <laughs> he is the most modest of the two of I us. I am though. the most modest, yes. <laughs> no. Um I, I brew more and I brew more varieties typically. Mm-hmm. So um whenever we have a tasting we well we used to have tastings at my house um, back when I had a house in, in Glendale. And I think one of our tastings, we had, I counted 57 people come over to my house and try beer. We had 10 kegs. Mm-hmm. At the end of the night, we had two kegs worth left, and that was it. So they drank eight kegs of beer that night. We're, we're, and those are homebrew kegs. They're not full, you know, bar kegs. but um, 250 gallons of beer yeah. to start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, 50 gallons. 50 gallons. 50 gallons. Five gallon batches. Oh, five gallon batches. 50 gallons of beer. It's over 50 people. So you figure if a gallon of beer is that like when you don't have a house in Glendale, they threw you out? It's just gone. But we do have, I want to say we probably have three recipes right now that are our signature recipes. We've got one that it, it's one of mine. It's an Irish red uh, that is made with a lot of rye, mm-hmm. and it's probably my favorite beer I've ever had. Um, and it's one of those I'm actually getting pretty good about making it really consistent. Um, we've taken it. Mm-hmm. We've actually provided beer for a few events already. We did a, a golf tournament this past summer mm-hmm. um, where we actually were up against commercial beer, and we beat the commercial beer that was there. It was considered to be yeah. one of the more craft beer products. Uh, we were up against Blue Moon, and we beat Blue Moon. Oh. Uh, we had four different beers on tap. Dean brought two. I brought two. Mm-hmm. My beers were both empty at the end. So, uh-huh, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. I just have to throw that. Out. But one was a half keg, so <laughs> yes, I do have to throw that. Out. <laughs> um, no, I, I think we both make some great beer. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I bring different point of views from them, too. We have different tastes and come up uh-huh. with different ideas. And a lot of it's trying to come up with something that's actually different than something that already exists and Allowing you to be Neither one of us wants to be a clone brewery. No. We don't want to make the next Miller Lite. We don't. I I love Lakefront. I love Milwaukee Brewing Company. I think they've done a great job. I don't want to imitate them. I want to do something different than what they're doing. So, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what that is. I like a lot of rye in my beer. I know Dean likes a lot of oatmeal in his beer. Mm-hmm. So we each bring those different aspects. Maybe one day we'll make an oatmeal rye. I'm not sure, but. We'll kind of go from Not there. a bad idea, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it probably would be good. A marble, a marble rise. <laughs> yes. Patent pending, people. Yes, Patent yes. pending. There. So. Yeah, don't steal that intellectual property. <laughs> yes. There's an intellectual, intellectual property trademark on that. So, Dean, what would you say are your, are your if you had to name just a couple of beers, well, I won't hold you to this, but if you had to brew, say, three beers for the rest of your life, 
Oh, that's actually easy. Styles-wise, Vice beers, oatmeal stouts, and uh, pale ale, or India pale ale, perhaps. Easy. For the uninitiated. India pale ale is a very hoppy, hoppy, relatively high alcohol, bitter, really carbonated beer. Uh, I find them delicious. on a summer day. Oh, yeah, especially on a hot day. Or a winter day. (laughs) Or a day that ends in Y. And oatmeal stout is a dark, it's not really heavy. It's more creamy and actually has a lot of mouthfeel, if that makes any sense. It's almost it stays chewy. on your tongue. Stays on your tongue. Yeah. Again, delicious. So a little bit heavier beer, a mm-hmm. little um, bit darker. It, oh, it's black. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's very dark. Like Guinness, but Guinness is very light compared to these. Yeah, I mean, very, very thin. Okay. thin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the color is the same, but it's thin and yeah. yeah. And the vice beers are a, a much lighter Almost a golden color, I guess. Mm-hmm. Very carbonated. Cloudy beers, though. Yep. They don't really have that that crisp. They're not um, even supposed to. They don't look like your Budweiser. They're the same color as your Budweiser, but they don't look like Budweiser mm-hmm. whatsoever. But they have a really good uh, smell to them. They occasionally taste, depending on the yeast and the exact recipe, they're made with wheat. They wind up tasting like bananas, tasting like cloves, mm-hmm. tasting like all kinds. They're awesome <laughs> if i had to do three no, those would be flavor the them that way and that's uh, what the well, yeast actually does. The, the yeast will yeah mm-hmm. it esterifies the the uh, beer and it gets that banana flavor to it yep. so the yeast to use for vice beers is a different yeast yeah and that combined with the wheat that's in the beer up to a 50 50 with the barley which is a lot it's a big percentage of the the entire total mm-hmm. it just comes off differently the fermentation temperatures that usually have to be a little bit warmer too to cultivate that to get those esters, to get all that banana Which is Which is why I don't make them this yep. time of year. My basement's too cold this time of year. Right. Most of that really wouldn't come out. Same recipe, tastes different because it's too cold down there right now. Yep. All right. So your Weiss beer, but your Weiss beers are more of a um, warmer weather beer. Yes. Uh, yeah, they're Spring, summer, summer. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, where your oatmeal stouts are. Winter time. Winter time. For me. For me, yeah. yeah. You know, put those down and take a nap <laughs> after, after a couple pints and not because they make you groggy. Just right. They weigh you down, so. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jeremy, what do you what do you what are your preferences? Like well, you said, you know, my number one favorite style of beer is the Irish Red because I'm Irish and I have a red beard. So, <laughs> you know, uh, but actually, the Irish Red is my favorite. I like amber colored beers typically. Um, I'm I like stouts. I like light beers, but it, you know, typically your um, your Malbec, your um, your Irish Red. Uh, I'm missing one here. Your Doppelbach, things like that. The Doppelbach's probably a little bit darker. Similar to this, actually. <laughs> but um, I brew an Irish Red that I, I think is the best beer that I make, and that's my year-round drink any day of the year beer. Um, if I'm going to make a Malbec, th- those are a lot heavier beer. Those are like your uh, – most of the breweries around here do those as the Mardi Gras beer. So it's spring is coming, let's celebrate – Mm. high alcohol content okay. well it's always been kind of that uh, and again to go back to the old brewery days of multiple breweries in wisconsin mm-hmm. those were your, like your bach beers right mm-hmm. kind of clean the kettles yeah a lot yeah, of weight to it a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of stuff floating around in the exactly, beer exactly yeah the, the good beer the, the chewy beer you know yes. chewy beer. well yeah um, that's right yeah. <laughs> the, the Chimay ales, if you will. Of, yeah. Uh, yeah, actually. You know, the mm-hmm. we, well, we can't eat bread because it's Lent, so we're going to drink it. Right. <laughs> and the, Well, that's what beer initially was, liquid bread. Just yeah. drink, mm-hmm. drink your dinner. Uh, but for me personally, um, I really don't have my set beer styles. Like when I go out, you know, on a regular night out, 
typically the beer I order is whatever the bartender wants to pour me because I like to try every style of mm-hmm. beer. And I don't know. I, I feel that I'll, I'll fall into a rut of if I order a Miller Lite, that's all I'm going to get. If I order, you know, I love uh, Lakefront River West Stein. It's one of my favorite beers. But if I order that at a bar and then the next bar I go to, that's all I'm going to, you know, I order the same one over and over again. So mm-hmm. I like to have the bartender tell me, you know, like, okay, I like this one. I like this one. And that way I get to try a different, a lot of different beers, a lot of different styles. And then that, fades over into my own personal brewing so well i want to take some aspects of this one and put it together with this one and kind of make my own hybrid style of beer so that that's the kind of brewer i am at least you know a lot of a lot of different stuff coming together so that's one of the things i like about the way the milwaukee bar scene is now almost every decent bar has many many different kinds of beer on tap as many as 60 in one case 60 taps in one bar yeah that was uh um should i say it um what am I thinking of? Uh, yeah, you can mention it. No, I don't the think. Sugar Maple. But oh, the, that's a new yeah. where, where is that? That's on Lincoln, Lincoln and KK. Yeah. Okay. And those are all on tap. So that's those just are all on tap. not it's one of tap. those where they've got 120 import beers, but they're all in a bottle. Right. right. There's there are 60 on tap. Right next door to that is Cafe Central. Cafe Central. I think they have 40 something on tap next door. Not that many. They have like 20, I think. It's pretty pretty many. Um, right next door. Right. One of my favorite beer bars in Milwaukee is Stubby's Pub and Grub, which yep. is on Humboldt and Water. They have they boast 53 beers on tap and 53 different beers that are all on tap at once. And uh, they have a rewards program you can join, too, where mm-hmm. uh, if you buy 53 beers, you get a $53 gift card to uh, Stubby's. So. Nice Dollar they're, off all your beers. They're, they're not. They're not even a, a static thing. Of fifty-three different beers, you'll never get through them all because no. they change them out so often with new yep. beers. It's per, mm-hmm. there's always something new. You know, a, a good friend of ours worked for a, a major restaurant chain, and they've kind of gone to that. The um, um, well, uh, I'll say Bar Louis mm-hmm. has similar. And, yeah, you know, Bar Louis has what like forty some on tap. Yeah, right. They have it's, 40, a, it's a lot, and it seems like it's always rotating. There's which never, is a good thing. You that, know, that makes it appealing to me personally. There's always something new. Well, I don't want the beer that's been sitting there for six months. Like, that's I also try, true. You know, one that's I know is fresh, constantly rotating through there. Mm-hmm. So back onto uh, um, the business. So it's Hannon Brewing Company. Hannon Brewing Company, and. Where are we at as far as our business? Uh, I know we, we're registered. We're registered. And uh, trademark. Yes. Trademarked. Yes. Trademark. Nobody can steal my own last name. So we're good. Steal <laughs> last name. That's good. That's good. Um, so, um, the, the slogan is trademark now too. Yep. And what what is our beer slogan? What do we what do we have? What's what's the beer that made you guys famous? Made us famous. Well, it's our flagship is probably going to be the Irish Red. Most likely. Um, yeah. Okay. That's I the one that everybody likes. At all the. I'd yeah. be surprised if it wasn't at this point. But, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a scientist by trade initially, and I have a degree in brewing, a degree in chemistry, and a degree in pharmacy. So our beer is brewed with extra science, and that's the slogan. That is the slogan, beer brewed with extra science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Three times the science of other brewer- of most <laughs> other breweries, actually. So that's not trademark, so don't steal That's uh, patent pending. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um. As far as your business process, is there a way people could contact you if they have an interest? Three yes. different three different ways right now you can contact us. Uh, we're on Facebook, like everybody else in the world. Okay, com slash Hannon Brewing Co. Co. Not company. Uh, email our Gmail account is Brewing at gmail.com. and then we uh, recently registered a domain, which is Hannon Brewing. Excuse me. Yes, Hannon Brewing Company dot com. 
which should come online in the next day or so. Yeah. That's, okay. That's so you new. will have a, a website presence? Yes. yes. Actual they can, presence. Okay. So people can contact you through the website then also. Correct. And that's Hannon, H-A-N-O-N. Correct. Yes. Brewing Company. Right. What's Hannon, next? not Hanson, not Hanon, just one in the middle and you'll be good. <laughs> Hanon. Hanon. <laughs> yes. Um, you guys got anything else to bring up? You guys anything you want to talk about? Um, There's more beer in the fridge. I... <laughs> there, there always should be more beer in the fridge. <laughs> no. Um, well, we're we're starting off um, initially. Our recipe development process is going to be: we're going to hold a tasting session at Oscar's Pub and Grill, which is at 17th and Pierce, once a month. And the way we're going to do this is we're going to make one beer style each month. So one month we're going to do just Irish reds, but we're going to do four different recipes for Irish reds to develop our Irish red recipe. Mm -hmm. So this first one that we're doing, which I'm not sure when the podcast is going to air, but we're going to do a light American uh, ale. So I have two and Dean has two. My two, I have an amber colored one, which is a little bit off for the style. And then I also have one with rye because I like rye. And then Dean did two separate beers for his. Yeah, which... they're both. They both started out as the same batch, split before the boiling part. What then the real difference on them was the hops, the hops themselves, the type, the hopping schedule, and two different sorts of yeasts for making what are going to wind up being two completely different beers. And it turned out the colors aren't the same hmm. after they fermented, even though they started out from the same original batch, split in half. So you basically created your extract and then split it from there? Right. Yes, okay. that's yeah. exactly what so I did. So the way these tastings are going to work is it's going to be a three-hour session up at Oscar's Pub and Grill. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the details will be on our website and our Facebook page. And Oscar's Facebook page And as Oscar's well. Facebook page as well. Uh, but we're going to give out flights of beer for free, so all four samples at once. Try them at your leisure. You know, Let us know which ones you like. Bring the flight back up. We'll give you a free full pour of whichever one you like the best. And then... You can give us comments, rate us, stay around for some Oscars burgers, and go from there. Mm-hmm. But you'll get four free samples of beer, and then we'll come back the next month and do it with a different beer style. After we've done four of them, we'll come back and have a special tasting event with the four winners to see which one people like the best out of those. So we'll have four different styles of that one, but then come back strong with our you know, our four stouts or four cream ales or four Every month there'll be something else. So, mm-hmm. yeah, keep, keep posted to our Facebook page for the dates and the times on that. Okay. Um, the first one is going to be on a Sunday afternoon, and hopefully we'll keep it to that schedule. If not, it'll be you know an evening during that the week. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah, and again, we can find that through Oscar's website page. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hannon Brewing Company. Facebook. And Facebook website. and website. Yes. And again, the website once again. HannonBrewingCompany.com. And the email is HannonBrewing at gmail all right. Well, I'd like to thank you guys very much for coming on today. Sure. Thanks for having uh, us. I wish you all the best success here in the thank future. You. I know it's going to be a, a slow, probably painful <laughs> yeah. initially, you know. You want to get out and start running with it. Um, one other thing I guess we forgot to mention is um, we're both members of the Milwaukee Beer Barons, which is a great resource for any home brewer here in the, in the city of Milwaukee. And they put on a beer festival every year in June called the World of Beer Festival. We're going to be featured at that beer festival this year in the up-and-coming corner. So 
Uh, if you want to come and try mm-hmm. a ton of our recipes and a ton of great beer, you know, you should definitely the check out. The event itself is well worth it anyway. Yeah, it's like 40 bucks plus a shuttle. We're just the icing on the cake. Yeah. <laughs> we're, yeah, we'll be the best one there. So, But, yeah, we'll be featured at some of the, and not only that one, but we're looking into a few other beer festivals this summer and, you know, kind of get our mm-hmm. name out there and get up and well, running. We need to get some name recognition is yeah. what we're this whole With year we're shooting for. So, yeah. so let's, again, Hannon Brewing <laughs> Company. Um what was that again? I think, it was, I think I mean, did, did I pronounce it properly? Is it yes. Hannon or is it Hannon? It's Hannon. Hannon, Brewing Company. Uh, so, Dean, Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, for it's sure. always a pleasure mm-hmm. talking about people who have a passion for what they're doing, mm-hmm. especially here in the city of Milwaukee. Um, so if you have an interest in um, talking to either Jeremy or Dean to, discussing, to discuss beer, discuss their business plan, or potential investor, Absolutely. somebody who's looking to maybe invest in an up-and-coming company and looking for maybe a long-term investment uh, before a big payout, potentially. Uh, <laughs> Huge payout. Huge payout. <laughs> potentially. Um, Caveat. Um, <laughs> asterisk. Um, you can contact them again through their website, through their Facebook page, through their email. Uh, and we wish them all the best of luck at this point, uh, and hopefully things go smooth. Like you said, it looks like you guys are going to be building up some momentum here, yeah. doing some taste testing, doing some focus groups, trying to refine your process. And then uh, maybe by this time next year, we'll be... Uh, we'll be in the location. We'll be in a location. With, with some and, luck, yeah. Um, and starting to be a little bit more consistent with your availability, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, guys, again, thank you very much. I am your host, Steve Italiano, for the Listen Up Milwaukee podcast. Um, again, if you are picking us up on the through iTunes, please give us a positive rating. Take a few minutes. Do that. Uh, that helps us out tremendously. Otherwise, uh, if you're not picking us up on iTunes, our official website right now is listenupmke.podbean.com. And the email to contact me, if you have any questions that I can pass on to these two uh Beer Barons of the future, um, I can get them to them. Um, our email address to contact us is, um, <clears throat> excuse me, listenupmke at yahoo.com. There's also Twitter. You guys Twitter? No. No. no not tweeting yet? No. no. Okay. Um, ever. Okay. Uh, well, get, if you're a Twitter person, we have uh, we have our Twitter account at listenupmke for those Twitter People and we, yeah, I have a Facebook page too, I guess, for my for this podcast that I keep forgetting about. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, again, thanks for listening. Um, if you're a new listener, please go back and check out some of our previous episodes about Milwaukeeans and people doing different things in Milwaukee. Um, if you have been a consistent listener and you're back now that we're back after a short hiatus, thank you and uh, stay tuned because we'll be having more frequent episodes than we have in the past. So thanks again. Have a good evening and thanks again to Dean and Jeremy.